Hey guys, this is me. Did you move today? Welcome to a Did You Move Today podcast. I'm your host, Andrea, and I'm very excited to be here. This time I have Jules Mitchell as my guest. I have to be very honest, the audio is not so great, but Jules is so interesting that I'm sure that you'll find this episode really great. Uh, so Jules Mitchell is a Las Vegas-based yoga teacher, educator, and massage therapist. Her unique approach incorporates her extensive study in biomechanics with the modern application of, of yoga asana to help teachers develop their craft and empower them with education. Jules' methods intend to achieve ease in movement through deliberate loading. Those who are teaching integrate numerous modalities, balancing the somatic aspects of yoga with the most current exercise science. She leads workshops and continuing education courses worldwide, providing yoga schools with the most current research in biomechanics. Jules is the author of Yoga Biomechanics, Stretching Redefined, available now through Handspring Publishing. She's also adjunct faculty at Arizona State University, where she serves as a yoga consultant on various research studies. If she's not teaching workshops at your favorite local studio anytime soon, you can access a variety of her programs online. So without further ado, uh, let's get started. Hi, Jules. <laughs> how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm very excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. So I would like to start by, um, no, the first question will be, what's your movement journey? I know you started, you, you took your first yoga class in college, and mm -hmm. I would like to know, were you practicing any other sports before then or any other physical, what was your physical practice? Um, uh, yes, all of that. I, I grew up um, in Los Angeles on the beach. So, you know, it was, we were, we were an athletic group. Um, I never played volleyball, just that wasn't my sport. I played soccer and, you know, ran track and ran cross country and played tennis and, all of those things in high school, like on the team and stuff. But, um, you know, overall, we're just an athletic group because we played around and, you know, swam in the Pacific Ocean all the time and roller skated on the beach and had bikes and skateboards and all of that. So I was always an active kid just because I had the playground um, of, of the beaches of Los Angeles. Um, and then I guess that that kind of stopped when I went to college because I moved to Arizona and it's hot <laughs> and um and then I was you know studying and working and so um that was didn't leave much extra time for activities um I mean I'd have to think I haven't thought about that it was a long time ago I haven't thought about that era in a while um and then yeah near the end of college I guess I was a junior or something in college is when I started yoga And I've been running my whole life um, off and on. Like I'm not a, a crazy runner like my sister, um, but I definitely enjoy walking and running. So that's like the history. And then since then, there's been all kinds of stuff. I don't know if that's what you're asking, but uh, it's changed quite a bit. Obviously, I don't play like team sports anymore. You know? <laughs> As an adult, it's kind of rare. It does happen, but um, but yeah, I just I've done all kinds of everything else that you can come up with, from all sorts of like um, apparatus type things, like Pilates and gyrotonic, to things like Tai Chi, to 
weightlifting, um, you know, whatever's available. Okay. So I was telling you that I was, that I found, I was reading your last post on your blog Mm -hmm. from 2017. And so you wrote, I lay awake at night worrying about how I can make it up to those of you who studied with me three years ago when I was unfocused, already enthusiastic and full of assumptions. I wake up in the morning and remember that three years from now, I will think what I'm teaching today is unfocused, enthusiastic, and full of assumptions. So I want to know how you feel about that. Exactly like that. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's, I, I don't, I wouldn't mark the calendar by three years. Um, you know, but yeah, it's an ongoing struggle when you're an educator is that you want to give people the, you know, best information available. Um, and so to do that, you have to keep growing and to do that, you have to challenge yourself. So, you know, the, like how you were talking about how you were reading the book, um, that is, I guess that is why I made the book so dense in that way. Because I, you know, that I don't know if if everything in the book is 100% true and accurate. It was at the time of my, at my of my researching and writing, but things change. We look, you know, we all grow as a society, as a scientific community, as you know, as we continue to research. Um, but it's it the book is a lesson in critical thinking and and knowing what you understand. And so, you know, even in the book, I ask a lot of questions and leave a lot open to the reader so that you can kind of think critically think for yourself and be comfortable in this place of, of not knowing. And that, that makes it very um, makes it like a supportive environment for allowing yourself to have deeper understanding of things and being able to challenge your own bias instead of kind of clinging to, well, this is the one answer and this is how it works. And it takes a long time to get there. It took me a really long time to get there. You know, even when I started my blog, you know, I was like, I was just practicing writing. That's all it was. I wasn't like, I didn't sit down one day and say, I'm going to start this blog that people are going to learn from. You know, it was like, oh, I'm going to practice writing. I was in the middle of working on my master's thesis and I was doing a lot of like formal writing and I wanted some casual writing and how would you know, how would other people receive this information? Does anyone care about it? So the blog is a very informal um, exploration. And that's kind of why I stopped writing the blog because the book took over. And um, and now I'm just burned out. (laughs) I'm just exhausted from writing. I just, I need a break. I'm doing other things, you know, I need to lecture and you know, create video content. I've no more writing for a little while. I'll come back to it later. (laughs) All right. So I was telling you that um, on the Spirit Rose podcast, um, your one of the hosts mentioned that your book is number one bestseller for dancers, and in Canada. And I'm I'm not sure if that's still accurate, but I was just I'm a dancer myself, and I saw that Carrie wrote. So I'm like, oh, my God, this is very interesting. A lot of dancers are interested in your work. I don't think that's actually the case. Um, my publisher is um, a little small independent publisher out of the UK, uh, and they are they just distribute the book themselves. 
and they have done nothing at all on Amazon like a, like a U.S. publisher would do. They've mm-hmm. not done any, like they didn't set up an account, they, like, they've done nothing on Amazon. And so I think like that, like, like a third party vendor just put the book up and like, I don't know how they got it. I don't understand any of that works, but I think like, it's just a funny algorithm. Um, I, I don't actually think there is any merit to that. I think it's oh. just the Amazon, like, you know, they're like, they're like other people, like other people might like this, you know, it's just the algorithm that spit out something. Um, I don't think a bunch of dancers are buying my book. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was not from my perspective. <laughs> I know. I mean, I know, like I've been telling a lot of people about it um, and there's a lot of dancers in it. But so I was like, this is very interesting. I just saw that mm-hmm. maybe it was such a, like a weird co- coincidence or something. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Yeah. I think it's just kind of the algorithm. It was kind of, a, I think it's more of a little joke. Um, you know, dancers I'm sure would like the book. I mean, any, anybody, it, Anybody who's inter- is just interested in, you know, the body, it's not really even, you know, about movement per se. I mean, it can be if you want it to be, but, you know, there's, as you know, you're in chapter five. I mean, there's a lot about, you know, biology and, and <laughs> um, histology and microbiology. And it's just, it's, you know, it's fascinating to see the fabric, to read about the fabric of which we're made and what it means to live in a body made of tissues and, and how those tissues are, you know, living because of the cells. And, you know, it's just, it's a fascinating topic if you're interested in what you're made of. Yeah. Now, I know that um, before starting the book, I thought that stretching was something very, uh, not so vast. I mean, and it sounded like a, like just like flexibility in a way, but mm-hmm. now I'm just questioning every single term that I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's cool, but also kind of frustrating because mm-hmm. it sounds like an easy term, but there are many different kinds of stretching. And mm-hmm. I know you mentioned one medical writer said, I have no idea on how to define stretching. And so my question was basically um, concerning the, how would you define stretching? I know the book, uh, is, the book is. Yeah, that is what the book is exactly. Um, well, that's really the question that I ask. Um, so, um, you know, you could you could really just simplify it as when you start looking at mechanical terms, and really just simplify a stretch as putting a putting something under tension. You know. Um, and when you start putting things under tension, now you have to start looking at different parameters around mechanical terms. So again, you know, we, you can compress something and you can stretch something, put it under tension. And you know, how quickly is that happening? How strongly is that happening? How, what, in what direction is it happening? And so the, the, the concept of stretch takes on a different meaning. It, it requires a further investigation. Like, well, you know, how, how is the stretch being applied? And so that's why it's important to look at all the different types of stretch, you know, and it also goes further to talk about how, you know, you're putting tension on tissues when you contract muscles just like you're putting tension on tissues when you're stretching passively. So, the, you know, the, the real inquiry here is um, 
how does the how does the tissue respond differently? Uh, do we do we know does does the cell know the difference? Uh, and so that's why you kind of have to start looking at the microbiology because there's there are, there are different responses to muscle contractions than there are when when the muscle's not contracting. So it's a bigger so just a it's a bigger conversation and leaves you without the ability to just say, well, you should stretch your hamstrings for this reason. Um, you have to be really be specific. Well, you know, what is your intention and what are the parameters around which you're stretching? And do we know even that that is true? I don't know, it's just, a, it's, it's not as simple as it was introduced to me, I guess, is the real question. And I thought it was, I thought it would be an easy, topic. I mean, I remember starting to research this and, you know, my, my advisor at the university saying, great. Okay. So you want to do some research on stretching? Okay. So start with muscle, you know, and it was like, <laughs> like, you know, six months later and many tears later, I was like, oh my God, what, you know, it was just a lot because I had to, I had to weed through all of the definitions myself to understand these papers um, and that's kind of what the book is. It's just like a culmination of the, the project or the process that I went through to make sense of all of this. And so then I shared it with people because it, it was not an easy process. <laughs> I think this goes back to my, to my next question. Um, what do you wish, do you wish you knew something before starting graduate, uh, grad school or before, you know, deciding that you wanted to talk about stretching, uh, that you wanted to write about stretching? Um, oh, I kind of did. I mean, I had a, I have a background in engineering, so a lot of the mechanical aspects of, you know, the, it was the biology that was harder for me. The mechanical stuff was pretty easy to comprehend. Uh, the biology was was newer to me. So, you know, I, I don't know if that's better than if I'd had biology and not, you know, not the mechanical side of things. I'm not really sure, but I clearly like I went in it it interested me on one level and that's why I went that way. So it wasn't like I was just totally in the dark. Yeah. But you, do you wish you knew something like what would be your advice for someone starting grad school? Um, find a program where you can be supported in your endeavors and your interests rather than finding a program that tries to urge you to learn um, like only their material, you know, I think that's the, that, that's what was really fun and exciting for me. But at the same time, you know, I was in grad school as a, a as a, an adult with an established teaching career already. So, you know, that's a different, I was a lot of my, my classmates that I made friends with were in their early twenties and I was in my late thirties. Uh, they, they had just come out of undergrad. They were living at home. They, they didn't know what they wanted to do. They were just taking the tests and and finishing grad school versus I was, you know, working, I was on the road teaching. I had very specific questions that had applied to my, you know, 15, 20 years, whatever at the time that was, you know, in in yoga and teaching yoga and, and studying yoga. So so, you know, it's hard to say. Like it I can't just make a blanket statement for what to look for in a grad in a graduate school because for me it wasn't that important to go to a prestigious school and get a high gpa i mean i still it did well of course that's not but 
you know, my goals were different because I was just really there to learn. I wasn't, I wasn't going to leave there and, and look for a job. You know, if you're trying to be employed by someone, your, your intention in, in a graduate program is going to be way different than if you're in graduate school to support your own business and, and, and yeah. learn. So, it, you know, it was just different. It was very specific for me. Now, do you, I know right now you currently collaborate with physical therapists, uh, physiotherapists, um, and, um, and I believe like other scientists on my, on my right here. Um, like collaborate how I'm not sure what you mean. Like you, you, you work, you work together with them. Um, I know Greg, uh, Greg. Yeah, I bring them in. I bring them in as guest teachers to my teacher training. So uh, Greg's a physio and a chiro. Uh, I bring in Shelly Prosco, who's a physio and a yoga therapist. Um, I guess those are the only two that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, most other people, I have a personal trainer that comes in. I have a, you know, another yoga teacher that comes in. Uh, yeah, just a collection of different people. I have a, I have, um, a, a man who has done a lot of research on pain science And so, um, you know, I don't know if that is, you know, this is a quick, tough thing. How do you define a scientist? You know, he's not working in a lab, but he has done yeah. lots of research on pain. So, um, so he comes in, he's written a couple of books on it. So yeah, would, I have a different people. Would you ever see yourself or in the future consider having your own lab in a, in a university and working as a professor? Oh, absolutely. Outside? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, I think about it all the time, actually, um, that sometimes the, sometimes yoga and yoga as a business can be, um, a bit overwhelming <laughs> and frustrating. And I think about it all the time. I think about going, um, and teaching at the university level and, and being back in the biomechanics lab. Uh, but it's just one of those things, like I've got so much momentum. I'm just moving forward, trying to get the book out that it, I can't do both. There's only one of me and I'm traveling a lot. So, but yeah, I think about it all the time. I actually just a couple of weeks ago went to the um, community college websites here in, in Nevada and I found a, a math, a math position open teaching math at the community college. <laughs> I was like yeah. looking at all the information, you know, seeing if I had the requirements. Uh, so it's, yeah, because they want you to have a math Uh, bachelor's in math but my my minor was in math but my master's degree might might count I don't know I'm just but yes yeah. I'm always looking and thinking about it for sure because right now you're currently an adjunct faculty at uh, Arizona State University correct yes I do I'm it's considered adjunct faculty because I'm on the um I'm like on a committee research committee where I'm and it's you know mostly distance so I'm a I'm more the yoga consultant on research that's being conducted and it's not really biomechanics research so it's not like you know not in the lab with biomechanical equipment it, it's a little bit more on the yoga therapy side a little bit more on like the quality of life side uh, for the effects of yoga on special populations so it's a little bit different but it's still research-based and I enjoy yeah. it very much yeah I was reading a little bit about it on the there was one about uh, PTSD um, mm -hmm. but that was from 2015 mm -hmm. um, but yeah I was I was just like very tr trying to find um you know 
and more information about you. Mm-hmm. Which I've been listening to all your podcasts, all your episodes. <laughs> and yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of yours for sure. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so right now, uh what kind of research are you interested in? I mean, uh, is it still just from the stretching side? I know stretching is so bad. No, I'm so bored of stretching. It's kind of funny. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I just, you know, I just, I'm, I'm really just not excited by it right now. Um, I don't know why. I just, I think I just needed a break. The, uh, the, the, the book writing process for me was, it was hard. It was hard on many levels, not just the actual, the writing part wasn't so bad. It was really more like my life at the time. Um, I had to move three times during it, relocate. Like I just had a lot of personal stuff going on. And so I think it just wore me out in the end. And, and also, you know, I go and I lecture every weekend on the same topic and that gets a little bit old as well, you know? So I've, I really have kind of shifted my kind of narrative more toward like, um, like the injury conversation around yoga, because I think that's kind of, for me, what gets me excited is, is, you know, why do we make claims about yoga? Like on one side, it, it causes injury on the other side, it, it fixes injury. And how does that actually work? And, and, and even though we're not, you know, in the rehab world, um, you know, there's this belief around yoga that, that ties it somehow to rehab. Maybe it's the, the idea that there's something out there called yoga therapy. But mm-hmm. so anyway, that kind of interests me more. And like, why do things hurt when they're, when, they're, when they're okay structurally? And why do things not hurt when they're not okay structurally? And, and wh- you know, why does your shoulder hurt really bad one day and the next day your shoulder feels great? And what's happening? And, and how can, how, how, how does that, it, it exploration inform how I should do my yoga practice you know should I when it's hurting should I use my shoulder should I not use my shoulders so these are really more for me important questions and and also important questions for for teachers because people come to yoga classes with stuff going on and you know like is are the little things like the you know oh my knee kind of tends to pop every once in a while is that something that is a a catastrophe that requires a medical intervention or is that something that we can actually like support the student in and and you know listening to their body and that kind of stuff and so we need to actually know more about it to support a student in listening to their body so that yeah that's where I guess you would say my interests lie today okay I I, I was reading something that you, you wrote uh, most most of it is not even about yoga directly but comes from athletes and rehab which mm-hmm. I've applied to help yoga teachers think more critically about their own words. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's about asking better questions and knowing all the answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's just not research on this in yoga. Like there's no research on the effects of, you know, five years of yoga practice, but there is research on the effects of five years of cardiovascular exercise. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so you kind of have to go to, you know, rehab and, and exercise science, sport science, just because that's where the research is. That's where the money is. Um, but but it, again, we don't have to make assumptions about yoga, but we can make assumptions about the, about the human body and tissue adaptation and pain and and those experiences. And that, that's that is universal, whether you're practicing yoga or playing, you know, football. Yeah. I want to be very mindful of your time, Jules. Um, so I have three more questions for you. Okay. Um, 
The first one is, did you move today? Did I move today? Mm, I came downstairs and got on the podcast. <laughs> so no, I have not, but I'm going for a run after this. <laughs> the second one is what's movement for you? Um, movement for me. Ugh, it's whatever I feel like, you know, like I have a whole variety of things and I, I do what I feel like. Like there are some days I'm called to go for a run because it's what my body wants. And there are some days where I'm called to do my yoga practice because that's what my body wants. So that's what it is to me. It's to really like not, not just go to the gym because that's what you do, but do what like my body wants for the day. <clears throat> and how would, how, how can we connect on social media? Um, mostly Instagram, probably. My handle is Jules Yoga. And um, then, you know, all the other ones, but I'm not on them as, as much. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. And then my website. <clears throat> JulesMitchell.com. Mm -hmm. Very easy. <laughs> so Jules, I wanted to say thank you very much for your time. Um, mm -hmm. I'm school in fall, so I'm moving in August. And I put your name on my personal statement because you've inspired me a lot. And... Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I still remember in 2017 when I took the workshop with you, I was like, Jules has something that I don't understand, but I really <laughs> need to understand what's going on there. So <laughs> I, I'm a fan of yours. I already told you that, but I'm like, honestly a fan of yours. I think yeah. your work is um, really great. And uh also very challenging because I keep reading the book and I'm still not done. That's um, okay. That's what it's meant to do. It's not meant to be a cover to cover casual read. So it's good to, you know, I tell people sometimes when we really start talking about the book, like there was one sentence in that book that took me three days to write. So if it took me three days to write it, I hope you go back and read it over and over and ponder it, you know, like, you know, so it, th my words are chosen carefully. So I really appreciate when somebody reads them carefully. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Anything else that you would like to share, Jules, with, with everyone listening? No. Thank you so much for supporting and promoting my work. I, I'm always grateful. All right. Thank you very much. All right, guys. I hope that you moved today. And if you haven't, you still have a couple hours. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.